episode of Dum Dum Die, Die. an all female, all awesome role playing podcast set in my homebrew DD setting of Kalandos. And around the table, I have some amazing players, and we're going to start with our sexy rogue, Xantelarian. Hi there, I'm Wednesday, I play Xantelarian. And then there's Darby, who is giggling. All the giggles. <laughs> I am Darby, and my real name's Nicole. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kirsten and I play Oriol. Hi, I'm Kit and I play Rain. And to recap what happened in our last episode, because for some of you it might have been a while if you've been listening recently, we uh, released our Heritage Day episodes to going back to the heritage of the world and the heritage of some of the gods in the world. So if you'd like, you can go back and listen to those. But continuing the story set in the present day, well, at least present to these characters, Oriol's going to tell us what we did last time. So the last time we had rescued all the men in the village and then we by mistake killed our friend, uh, Simonon. She died. Uh, I think it was Rain's fault. Uh, and then we went back to the town and Xantelarian is now determined to find this mistress lady and Darby and I are on our way to the tailor, which is also at the inn, and we're going to settle a, a score. I think is the word. And that's exactly Santa's what, nodding. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened, except for the fact that an entire character, an NPC was missed out. Carnivorin, who is oh, actually yeah, there's a pervy gnome. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about Who it. may or may not be their quest giver, but you know, PCs, who needs quest givers, right? <laughs> so. I blocked him out, he was horrible. <laughs> so um, our adventurers and Coniferin, head over to the inn, which also houses the tailor, as they prepare to have a rest for the evening, or perhaps not. What is everyone doing? Xantelarian is going to go and get drunk. Hopefully Oriol is buying the drinks. Are you going to go back to the tavern, or are you going to drink at the inn? At the inn. At the inn, all right. She gives Xantelarian money. So Xantelarian... Walks past the group of um, adventurers and the gnome, walks into the inn where he sees a an entranceway, and on your left is a, a medium-sized room with maybe th- three tables and three chairs to a table, and what you think is a bar made out of like giant casks, but it could also be a table. It could also be a display stand. One one never knows in these small towns. There is quite a large woman standing behind the kegs, casks, and it does appear that she's pouring drinks from behind there. Okay. Um, I walk up to these casks um, and say to the rather large woman, Good evening, beautiful lady. <laughs> Do you stock anything by rain? She bends down, and as she does so, you you are pretty sure that if you leaned over the bar, you could catch a glimpse of something. Do you do so? I totally <laughs> lean over the bar. As you lean over the bar, expecting to see a buxom woman bending over, you realize you might have mistaken this woman for a man. 
well, this man for a woman, um, as there is quite a hairy, hairy back that is being shown as the smock leans over. But in quite a feminine voice, you hear, um, we're out of stock. The tavern takes all the booze. Well, all the good booze anyway. I do have this. And she stands up and looking at the front of her, you're pretty sure it's a female. She stands up and lays out a bottle that has a very peeled label that the last three letters read sin on it. I'll take it. She smiles and holds out her hand. Two gold pieces. Excellent. I hand over two of Oriole's gold pieces. You do so. She gives you the bottle. Uh, she looks at you. Uh, I'll get you a glass. She goes back, heads out into the entrance hall, and comes back five minutes later with a glass. What are the rest of you doing? Darby and I are going to the tailor. Agreed. Well, do you need me to show you where the tailor is? Please? Yeah. Starts, uh, Conifrin starts also heading in towards the inn. As he walks in, are you guys following him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You as well, Ray? Um, yes, because she's got nothing better to do. You don't want to tend to your horses? I did already, didn't I? You did. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just testing. <laughs> um, so... As you all enter, you see on the left, you see a, quite a large woman uh, bringing a glass into the bar. Well, what is very generously called the bar in the inn. And you see an entrance hall, which leads to a set of staircases. And in the entrance hall, there is a cask, once again, a large cask with a, a sheet of parchment on it, where there appear to be quite a lot of X's. Uh, the gnome walks up to the cask. He's like, well, you're going to have to put your name on here. Uh, what? In the room. Uh, what do you think this is? We're not in some small one-horse town. You got you to, gotta, like, book your space. You don't know. We could have an inflow of adventurers. You don't know. Maybe all the men came back because they weren't asleep for 10 years. Maybe all the men came back, and now they want to take their mistresses to the inn. You okay, don't know. Okay, okay, I'll write my name. Jeez. And she, like, scribbles her name onto the thing. As you scribble your name onto the thing, how closely do you look at the parchment? Quite closely. As you're looking, there's a, it appears to be this choice of uh, four rooms. Mm -hmm. One says, um, in like very badly written common, but um, it's, the one says, uh, luxury room. Mm -hmm. The one says, normal room. And then there's another one that says, small normal room. And then the fourth one says, room. Which one do you put your name down? <laughs> uh, the room. Cool. So you scribble your name next to the room. Mm. Um, the gnome says, all right, well, we'll go see the tailor now. Are you, are you guys all sharing a room? And he pulls the parchment and he's like, are you all sharing this room? You know, this is the smallest room, right? No, I, I put in room, not small room. Okay, so listen to me. <laughs> Being a gnome, I know sizes, all right? So if one is a luxury room, 
One is the standard normal room. One is a small normal room. And one is just room. Which one is bigger? Because this one has three words, this one has two words, and that one has one word. That's how size works. Then she takes an arrow and she goes back up to luxury room and she's like, can we please just go to the tailor now? And then he looks at um, the two ladies and he looks at Darby and he's like, okay. He says, so the three of you are sharing one room. A bigger room, but a room. All four of us are sharing a room. Can we please just go to the tailor, please? Ah, the elf too. Okay. <laughs> so, so he starts heading up the stairs, which um, are quite hard for him to take because they, they were made for human size. So he is struggling a little bit, but it's not hectic for him. Well, she's on the floor, first floor landing. Thank you. And she walks ahead. And Darby follows. He's, oh, damn it. <laughs> Right. I picked your mother up. I'm not picking you up. Um, <laughs> so she walks by. And then, he, and then he waits and he's like, and he looks and he's like, did you get the thunder and the lightning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant thunder and lightning. Not very thundery lightning-y. E. Then you know nothing about the thunder and the lightning. And he said, he almost looks like he's suffering from traumatic stress as he turns around and heads towards the bar of the inn. I'll be at the bar. <laughs> and he starts walking towards. Uh, are you sitting in the bar just drinking? Um, yes. Yeah, so I've walked over to the like lobby area where you said there were chairs and um, I'm going to seductively drape myself over a chair while I drink my... Whatever the hell this is. Okay, roll constitution saving throw for me. Eight. <laughs> As Zantanarian reclines over the, the chair in what he so graciously called the lobby, uh, he realizes that this chair made of wood and, and twine together is extremely uncomfortable to lounge over with like his shoulder over the back and his legs splayed out in front. So he's decided that the best, most opportune way to display himself as a sexy rogue would be to lie on his stomach with the chair part on his stomach and his legs out the back and his <laughs> arms across the front, trailing on the floor, seductively tracing shapes <laughs> on the floor as he drinks. Seductively drawing shapes on the floor. The gnome walks past, sits down next to Santa Lauren. On the um, floor. On the floor. Um, can I have some of that? Sure. The gnome takes a swig and passes out. <laughs> <laughs> As you head up the landing, uh, so you get to the top of the landing, there's... um. The rooms split off to the left, and then on the right there is uh, two other rooms that you can see are not labeled. Guys, which one is it? Uh, the left one. Let's go in there. All right. Are you going to open the door? Yeah. As you open the door, a man's standing there brushing his teeth with a twig. <laughs> Sorry, because of the door. He he leans out and he's like, "Well, I won't tell my wife if you were." Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <bye. laughs> like, weren't you the? 
And then he's like, oh, never mind. And he starts to close the door. <laughs> she goes to the right door. What are you going to do? It's a door. Also open the door. As you open the door, you see <laughs> you see a, a woman sitting mm-hmm. there. And she might have been half elf, but she is quite aged. And so in in her age, she looks possibly full-blooded elf but you're you're unsure so Mm -hmm. um she's sitting hunched over and she continues sewing and she doesn't look up at you guys as you open the door the room is there's a four-poster bed it it looks well lived in and well cared for there's not a lot of knickknacks or anything like that but there's coverlets Uh, there's a coverlet on the bed um it looks in extremely finely embroidered with a beautiful pattern of a tree uh there's there is a bathroom off to the edge, uh, which you can only guess at what's inside. <laughs> and throughout the room, there's material and sewing accoutrement. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. She turns to you, um, but she doesn't open her eyes. Uh, my friend and I have, I have a question about a rather ex- exotic piece of material we found. She smiles and holds out her hands. Dobby, give her the thing. So Dobby is searching in his backpack and he hands her the material. Roll dexterity for me. Thirteen. As you try and reach in your bag for the material, which has uh, clung to the edges of the bag on the inside, you, you're struggling to find, get a grip on it. So as you try and pull it, it seems to just slip out your hands, but eventually you, you get enough of it in your hand that you can yank it out, which you do so, and you give it to her. As soon as you lay it in her hands, you see that her face, her, behind her eyelids, her eyes start to move quite, quite quickly, and a look of concern starts to fill her face, and she holds it back out to you with one eyebrow raised. What do you want me to do with this? We want you to tell us what it is. And to make a dress for me. Dobby wants to be fabulous. <laughs> well, um, you have come to the right place. If anyone was able to deal with this, it would be me. But I'm afraid it, it can only be draped. This is not material to be cut or shaped. It shapes on you. Darby will take it. <laughs> Oriel takes the material and like puts it over Darby's head. Um, as you do so, it's almost like if you take the one edge, as mm-hmm. you throw it towards Darby, the material seems to catch a life of its own as it mm-hmm. springs out of the seamstress's hands. As you do that, um, Rain, if you're, what are you doing? Um, Rain is kind of watching fascinated, but she's possibly getting bored now. So she's seriously considering going to go get a drink downstairs, but now she's fascinated with this material. Okay. So as you do that, you see that the, the, the seamstress lovingly lets the, the material slip through her fingers. So she doesn't try to hold onto it, but she does caress it as it passes. The material soars up and then lands in a big... Um, basically covers Darby like a sheet. It hasn't made any shape. Okay. 
And then Oriel takes the one side and like puts it over the shoulder so it kind of looks like a toga. Like a toga? You 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 seem to do so, but the material if it weirdly looks less lush now that you've tried to drape it. Okay. And then you hear the, the seamstress start to laugh and she says, No, it wears you. How do you make it wear you? It must choose you. Who found the material? Uh, I did. She holds out her hands for the material once again. Okay. She looks at Darby. Darby's wearing the material. Darby's not impressed. (laughs) (laughs) She's still holding her hands out. Material. Material. (laughs) (laughs) Choose me. Roll persuasion and arcana. Do I need to roll twice? Yeah, so tell me what this roll was. Persuasion is not natural 20. Okay. And then arcana is eight. Eight. So as you are speaking into the material, um, you you feel as you say, material, material, choose me. You feel the material start to move and it feels like it's getting tighter. And then you realize, no, you just draped it better over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And as... As you see and hear Dobby doing this, you see that what was like a lumpy, unflashy toga has now turned into quite a form-fitting, sheath-like um, toga style, but still with a with a manly flair. Mm. Still with a manly flair. And then the, the seamstress starts to close her hands and says, well, was there anything else you wanted? Can you tell us more about it? How did you know that it needed... To choose someone. Have you not felt the material? No. So she starts to search for for you in the room. So she reaches out her hands and she's looking to see if she can touch you. Oriel pushes rain towards her. (laughs) But like the way she's reaching, because if it's above my head, then. She she doesn't know. (laughs) She's reaching to where she thought she heard your voice. Okay, then I guess I go to her. So, So you go under her arm. And then she takes you, but you could see she was obviously searching for you mm-hmm. with, with that. But as she leads you towards the material, she immediately finds it. She walks you over to the material quite quickly. And she, she turns to, to the material and she turns to Darby's face and very pointedly looks down and says, may she touch you. I guess. I wasn't talking to you. Um, oh. <laughs> she and she leans her ear closely to the to your outfit, and then she takes Rain's hand and puts it on, puts it on the dra- the sheath. Um, Rain, are you going to do anything? Whoa! <laughs> as you touch it, it's 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 almost like it's flowing water. Mm-hmm. As you touch it, it almost feels like it's running past your fingers. But you, when you look at the material, it's it's still. And it feels kind of cool to the touch. It's almost as if there's nothing there. Don't get any ideas. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, and then Rain, uh, because she, she'd recognized that it's a part of the, um, 
part of the uh, it's the same material as the mistress was wearing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she, someone borrowing a dagger. The seamstress reaches up behind her back and she pulls out a needle sharp dagger, okay. and she gives it to you. Okay, so uh, Ray. Just hold on, hold Rain, on. I just want to Dobby's freaking out now. Wide eyes. And oh. on that, Zantalaren, you have you have been drawing circles on this floor and have actually made the most beautiful pattern in the dust. There. Are you going to do you do hear some talking from upstairs and some snoring from next to you? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick the gnome up by the scruff of his neck and make my way up the stairs to where the party obviously is. <laughs> you do so. Um, you get up to the top landing. You can hear quite clearly from the right that there's some conversation happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to follow the voices. As you walk in, you see uh, an Rain holding a needle-shot dagger. <laughs> Uh, in in her hand, standing very close to Darby, who is wearing a beautiful and quite vibrant silver um, shiny material that has wrapped itself very fittingly around oh. around his body. Um, if anything, it actually makes Darby look less scrawny. Somehow, it's managed to accentuate his muscles. Um, or what you assume would be muscles if, if, I mean, if the material was off, who could say? But in the material, it looks like there's <laughs> muscles for sure. And um, a elfish, elderly woman leaning down and smiling and watching the pin, but with her eyes closed, and Oriel standing nearby looking what shocked. That? You all see Zandalarian holding a gnome. <laughs> oh, why'd you bring him up here? Really, that's what you're concerned about? This is where the party is, isn't it? No, this is where Rain wants to stab me. Hold on, I'm not trying to stab you. I just want to see something. It's okay, Rain. Just do it. I will. Okay, okay. Zen! (laughs) Um, So Rain says to the material, after giving the seamstress lady a bit of side eye, okay, um, material, um, special material... I just want to see what happens. I'm not trying to hurt you. And so she brings the needle shot. Are you going to try and be, are you trying to be persuasive? Are you? Um, yes, like reassuring. Okay, so roll persuasion for me. Damn. And actually, I'm going to ask you to roll with a disadvantage because you are holding a needle sharp dagger. So to that means you <laughs> need to roll two okay? and take the lowest <laughs> score. Is that a natural one? No, no, no. Oh, it's, a, it's ten. Ten. I mean, you're talking to an inanimate object. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. The seamstress lady was talking to it. So then, can I bring down, the, touch the the sharp point of the dagger to the material and kind of slice down? Okay, so you're trying to put it in and slice down. Mm-hmm. Are you going to allow that to happen, Darby? Darby's going to speak to his special material. <laughs> but the way, like, Nicole just, like, pointed in, like, her downward area. And it just looked like it's a euphemism for something. I'm going to talk to my special material. <laughs> Wednesday's broken. <laughs> she got 
Oriole is standing there explaining to Santalarian what's happening. <laughs> does what does Oriole think is happening? Uh, she's trying to see if the material has chosen Darby or not. You bet and the material's her, chosen. Her, her understanding of it is if the material lets Darby get hurt, it hasn't chosen him. Bubby? That's her understanding. By the way, my material's name is Bubbly, guys. <laughs> Bubbly the material. Bubbly, you can't let Rain hurt me. <laughs> Wait, guys. Um, roll Just inside do it. <laughs> Eight. You feel like, as you say the word Bubbly, you felt the material ripple. Obviously, it likes that name. Or just likes this body. <laughs> Who can say? Oh. Who knows the mind material? <laughs> okay, guys, hold on. Look, what I'm trying to do, you guys remember in the cave, right? When y'all were throwing firebolts and stuff at the lady, it just kind of like dissolved. There was another wearing this? Yeah. In the she ca- was evil. I'm not evil. Did you take it off her corpse? No. We, we, um, we didn't kill her. I found it in her chest. She had a... Magnificent chest. No, no, like her no, treasure chest. Confirm. And then the elvish woman looks and you hear from the gnome, he's like, she doesn't understand what you mean. I think she thinks you mean the treasure chest and the chest is a euphemism for, No, you know, no, like I found a literal treasure chest in her room <laughs> and I took it, uh, I'm confused. Darby is wearing my love's underwear? Uh... And then the half hour yeah, woman have some leans, money. <laughs> leans her ears towards her, like tilts her head towards Andalarian, and she's like, has the material formed the shape of underwear and battle cleavage upon the person? No. Then why would she, why would he say that she is wearing underwear? Okay. Because he's Zantalarian. a perv. Takes out one of his daggers and throws it at Darby. <gasps> oh. Okay. Roll to attack. He's like, yeah, I'm betrayed. 22. Are you going to? Um, I guess that's going to that's gonna hit you. Does that hit your armor class? The yes. 22, yeah. But you know, my re- relentless endurance is just going to have to step in now. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, you, as you throw the dagger... The seamstress's hand reaches out and snatches it from there. Yes. You will not use your own weapons against the material. When you turn your own weapon against the material, it will abandon you. And she reaches out for rain. Uh, She struggles to find you, but she finds you because she assumes that's where you were last time. Mm. And she says, the reason you would have been able to attack the material and still maintain a relationship with it is because that is mine. And the material had not chosen me, which is why I held out my hands first. So, do not use this again. And she holds out the dagger randomly into the middle of the room because she has no idea where you are. Masterful! Excellent catch! And Zantalarin starts clapping. With the gnome in your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Clap as you hear the face. As you 
but he's still quite quite drunk, so he doesn't stop you. How do you know if the material's chosen you? The half elf almost if you roll insight for me. Natural twenty. You swear to God she rolled her eyes. <laughs> Underneath her eyelids. <laughs> this blind woman rolled her eyes at you. <laughs> uh, uh, I also have this this ring that I found. Do you mind looking at it? And she puts it in her hand, that's all. Um she she feels around for the ring and she's like um it appears to be of good quality. I I have no idea. If you believe it to have magical properties, surely at least one of your party should have magical knowledge. The material only joins a party with magic. Oh, ooh, that's me. Yeah, you're the only magical user in this party. Is he? Well, I'm the only fabulous no, magic user in this not. party. So she holds the ring back. She's like, I apologize. I couldn't be of more help. It's okay. Thank you. And she takes the ring back. Okay. Does anyone want something made? I think we're done here. Yeah. Okay. Right, Darby? You got your dress. Can we go now? It's not a dress. It's called bubbly. Be nice. Okay. Um, before you go, she holds out her hand and she uh, tilts her head towards where she believes rain to be. All right. If I could have. Here you go. She hands back her. She takes it and puts it behind her back. And then she says... As payment, um, may I stroke the material once more? Uh-huh. You have to ask Bubbly first, though. She smiles, and she's like, ah, it appears you have bonded with the material. <laughs> she reaches out, and this she does quite confidently. She, like, she knows where this material is. She reaches out, and she almost devotingly places one hand underneath the material and her other hand she strokes across the top. And you almost see her face light up with a smile and she whispers something. Everyone roll perception for me. Natural 20. 16. Mm -hmm. 21. Okay. So anyone above 16 who can speak Elvish? Me. Okay, so you hear uh, uh, Rain and and, uh, Dobby here whispering in Elvish, and then you hear um, Oriel, sorry. Mm -hmm. You hear, in this whispering, you hear her say in Elvish, I thought I'd never see see your kind again. (laughs) And she she leans forward, and then she raises her head to you, Dobby, and she says, "Um, may I place my lips to the material? Just let her do it. Okay. And she gently lays a kiss on the material and she drops it and she's like, thank you. And she returns, turns her back and returns to her sewing. And you can see on her back, she has a pincushion filled with um, dagger-like needle-like daggers, which she obviously uses for sewing. Um, what was that? I'll tell you guys later. I can still hear you. You may vacate my room. <laughs> okay. Xantalarian is very touched that one tear 
What <laughs> <laughs> beautiful tear was. Has come down, but he would also like to reclaim his dagger. So, does she still have it? She held it out to you. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to just go and take it. Okay. And say thank you and give like a flourishy bow, even though she can't see it. She, she seems happy with your thank you. It seems good. And then I'll leave with my gnome. Yes, with your gnome. 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 As, as you go, it's a gnome. Oh, God, I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. It's too drank too much for that potion. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? As you um, exit the room, you see the, the woman, uh, Zantelarin, you see the woman who was in the, the bar area. She says, only one of you have signed up for a room. Oh, all four of you sharing the luxury room? Yes. All right, I shall take you to the luxury room. I'm going to charge you for twice because there's four of you. So but we're going to charge you twice. That doesn't make sense. Well, if you were four, you should have taken four rooms. I have four rooms and I feel you have just cheated me out of a business deal. So I'm going to charge you twice for the luxury room. You will see that it is worth it. Okay. Okay. Mm, okay. As she heads up the stairs, she turns to the left. Are you all going to follow her? Yeah. Yeah, Darby feels too fabulous. He just needs to show up his, his bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> so is Darby, oh, yeah. Darby going to strut his bubbly down the, yes. down the uh, in corridor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as you do so, you feel it's almost as if there's a, a wind coming in through a far corridor that seems to... Move the material as you walk, but not your hair, weirdly. It's just the material. Zan, I don't think you're the only sexy one. Damn, Darby, I've never seen you peacock before. <laughs> when you guys look at it, the material, like you just see Darby strutting down the room in a very nice um, tunic sheath, but just strutting <laughs> just strutting <laughs> like a peacock admittedly that cloth is rather alluring but your sex appeal not so much the human woman opens the door uh, the second one on in the corridor and she says well um i'm sure all of you can discuss your sex appeal in your room together all four of you no judgment <laughs> she holds open the door. <laughs> Oriel's taken like a book and she's writing furiously in it, and she doesn't even look at the lady. She just like walks into the room, writing. As you do so, uh, do you look up? Nope. Roll dicks. Dick saving or just dicks in life? Just dicks in life. Uh, Eighteen. As you are looking, writing your paper, you uh, stumble over something, but you write yourself in. Stand up. Uh, she then tears the paper and, and gives it to the lady. And she's like, give this to the tailor lady, please. The, the innkeeper woman takes it and she puts it in her pocket and she's like, okay. Thank you. She, are you all set in here? Yeah, I guess we are. Thank you. As you all enter the room, it is a very large room. You can see it's got a... The same coverlet as the one in the in the seamstress's room, and there is a 
private ablution facility, which contains a bucket and water and a bath of some kind. It's a very nice room, but it does only have one extremely large, but it is one double bed. Shotgun the bed. Shotgun. With Sant. Santillarian. <laughs> Still carrying his dwarf. <laughs> His dwarf. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's racist. They all look the same to me. <laughs> I'm drunk, okay. Still carrying his, his gnome. Um, he just saunters over to the bed and passes out. No, the, no, the, the gnome, um, not on the bed. No, the yeah, gnome, I agree. And only no. four of us no, can no, stay no. in here anyways. Not five. So as you pass, as Zad Didn't. passes out on the bed, uh, lengthways? Yes. Lengthways, with the gnome next to it. The gnome's feet are, uh, are off the bed because only the top half of Zan's body is on the bed. But the gnome and Zant are on the bed and snoring. Oreo like pushes yeah, the gnome off the bed. Zant is like purring, but the gnome is definitely snoring. Yeah, Oreo rolls the gnome off the bed. You do so. As you do so, he's like, thunder light. And he falls. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah. Rain gets on the bed as far away from the gnome and Zant because he's holding the gnome and passes out. Well, the gnome is now on the floor. Off the bed. It's fine. She still wants to be very far away. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you being a dwarf, you find a space <laughs> for that. You, you manage to find a cuddle up on the bed. Yeah. And then Darby just finds a spot on the bed. Is there space on the bed? Well, there's a half elf, which is half on the bed. So, I mean, there's that. Okay. So, you have half of a half elf. There is a full half elf. On no, the no, bed. no, no. I'm not on the oh, bed. Oh, you just pushed I just, I just said bags. <laughs> oh, okay. So, and there's a dwarf. So, there's space for you. Okay. All right. I find that space and I take it. Oriel looks at everyone on the bed and decides she doesn't want to be on the bed. And she decides she wants to go for a walk. Okay. Um, are the three of you going to go to sleep? Yes. I'm already asleep. The gnome's asleep. I'm going to sleep as close to Zan as possible. As you're sleeping, you'll, you'll feel that your body, um, although you should feel quite hot lying in like a stuffy room with uh, three other people, um, you feel quite moderate, like your temperature is, is cool. Wherever the bubbly is touching you, you feel quite um, cool and like the, the temperature is, is perfect. All right. So, Aurel, you're going on an adventure. Yes. So she just wants to, to walk and Aurel does this on like the odd night when, when she feels quite aware and awake, she's going to go and practice her magic outside to like okay. practice her control over it like she did at school. All right. As you uh, walk out, you see the door down the corridor of the seamstress's room. You, you see it open mm -hmm. as the tavern mistress exits and goes into the room next door. To the guy's room with the twig. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With the twig right. toothbrush. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you so, so much for listening. As we all go to a moment of rest, which is well needed, except for one of us who wants to use up all their magic before they go to sleep. <laughs> um, 
thank you so so much for listening and a big thank you to my players who as always make my life joyous <laughs> thank you to our sound engineer and co-producer Tristan who makes us sound amazing and to Vid who made the awesome soundtrack throughout the podcast and throughout our episodes please remember you can follow us on all the socials at dumdumdie and you can email us if you'd like to chat at dumdumdiepod at gmail.com also please remember to rate and review us and share us with all your friends so that people can know that we do really great stories that are really fun and um, so that you can talk about it with your friends and you can spoil things for them because that's what we do spoilers <laughs> or not you know maybe maybe you're chaotic good who knows I don't know <laughs> as always have a most amazing time role playing Uh, total party kill. Thanks, Oriol. Now she's going to be alone for the rest of her life. Never speak as loud as you just did. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Never again. Why not? <laughs> Oriol speaks very quietly, okay? Not Kirsten. Oriol. Never again. <laughs>